Welcome back, everybody. It's a new week here. You are listening to Canadian Patriot Radio. I am your host, Critch, and today is March 2nd, 2021. And this is an extra special song that I was talking about in the previous show. And I was talking about uh, people that live their fe- live their lives in fear, chewing up on, or eating up all the fear porn that they're catching on their nightly evening news. And I had mentioned that uh, people that live their lives in fear probably should uh, lift their heads up high. And Ah, <laughs> uh, still a smart ass at heart. Um, I, I had actually had that song bouncing around in my head since uh, since that last episode, so I had to find it and uh, and use it for the opening because uh, on this show, as you guys are aware, we uh, we like to poke fun at those that uh, live their lives in eternal fear like that. And realistically, uh, the only out that they have is what the song suggests. <laughs> So today, what we're going to do is we're going to open with some American news because uh, <clears throat> Sydney Powell is back in the, the front uh, front lines again here. She's uh, not doing so well, but I found an interesting little hit piece on her. <clears throat> and then uh, we'll, we'll chat about this after the article. Uh, the title reads, Kraken, Sydney Powell loses again as Supreme Court tosses her remaining attempts to overturn vote in Arizona and Wisconsin. This is by Matthew Chapman. It was published March 1st, 2021. On, on, on Monday, BuzzFeed News Justice Correspondent Zoe, Til- Zoe Tillman reported that pro-Trump lawyer Sidney Powell suffered yet another blow with the Supreme Court tossing her remaining petitions to challenge the results of the election in Arizona and Wisconsin. Powell was originally cheered on by former President Donald Trump's allies, with campaign lawyer Jenna Ellis saying she and Rudy Giuliani would release the Kraken, a term that was swiftly picked up by adherents of the QAnon conspiracy theory. (laughs) Oh, man. The The QAnon QAnon conspiracy theory. I just love how they've ran with that uh, that whole... uh, Oh, it's so stupid. Uh, how how they've gone with that with that rhetoric. Uh, anyway, let's carry on here. But Powell's challenges to election results around the count the country bungled basic facts. Did they know? With her at one point apparently believing that Detroit was in Wisconsin. Oh please. Powell's antics swiftly embarrassed the Trump team, with Ellis issuing a statement making clear Powell was acting in her own capacity and not on behalf of the campaign. Well, they did that so that there was no confusion. Uh, Sidney Powell was acting, acting on behalf of the American people, not the Trump campaign. But uh, the reason I wanted to talk about this, because you'd think I'd be all depressed and, and upset and, and mad about this, but this, this was called. Like, they, we, knew, we knew that uh, every avenue had to fail. And why, why did we know that? Because that was, I don't think that these cases were actually... Uh, not to sound overly cliche here, but uh, were a part of the plan. Uh, they were intended to fail, so everybody could see just how corrupt the justice system and absolutely every avenue of their government and their big corporations and everything is. If, if you still maintained hope in the justice system, you definitely lost it after this because these cases held merit. Um, you know, a lot of us watched all of the, uh, <clears throat> the hearings in every single state that held them, uh, about the election fraud in their states. And so we know that um, Sidney Powell had legitimate cases with standing. Even though they keep throwing them out on uh, no standing, there's definitely standing there. I mean, it's just the fact that uh, you've got a Supreme Court that, uh, you know, to echo what uh, Tracy Bean said the other day, was you had to have <clears throat> just a teeny little bit of balls. <clears throat> That's all it would have took. But now they've shown you that they don't. And let's not forget, like, um, Trump appointed judges like Kavanaugh and uh, Coney Barrett shot this down. So that that should tell you everything you need to know. So the Supreme Court in the U.S. is completely corrupted. No, no, uh, no ands, ifs, or buts about it. We all know that now. We had hunches before. Uh, with some of the stupid stuff that was going on prior to the election, we, we kind of seen them do some really dumb, some boner moves, um, in particular with the Flynn case. Um, 
So there's there's really no surprise. But the reason I'm not I'm not even remotely worried about it, and the timing is 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 extremely strange too, is because, like I said earlier, we knew this had to happen. We all all avenues, legitimate avenues, had to be exhausted. Why? Well, if you're going to do anything now, you got to do it with the military, don't you? And there's a lot of us that, me being one of them, that um, honestly believe that the military is probably in control of the U.S. right now. You've got this uh, paper president muffins running around and signing executive orders, but really <clears throat> nothing's happening. And a perfect example of that would be how come there has been no State of the Union address? For the first time since 1934, the U.S. president has not done a State of the Union. Are you going to blame that on COVID? Because they, they have no problems doing impeachment hearings. There's no problems doing that. Why couldn't you have a State of the Union? So it's interesting to watch um, how this is all unfolding. And like I said, I think it was the plan all along uh, that uh, every legitimate avenue had to be exhausted. They had to prove to the people that absolutely everything was corrupt. And then there'd be less question if the military got involved. So take it or leave it. You know, it's, uh, it's something that I've researched quite heavily and something I believe that is probably uh, going on. <clears throat> Anyway, let's get the show started. We'll be right back. Conspiracy is not theory, and political corruption finds the spotlight. finding the real truth while upholding Canadians God-given rights to life liberty and freedom with all thy sons command Welcome back, everybody. We are going to uh, go into an article uh, by the Toronto Sun, and then I've got uh, I've got a very good clip that Todd from uh, Rise Up News did the other day. So we're going to tie these two together because uh, I really like what uh, the message Todd was putting out there. So let's start with this article. Uh, the title reads, When the Facts Don't Align with Public Health's Preconceived Notions. This is written by John Snowbellen on February 26, 2021. Our farm manager, Blake, turned eight a while back. He might have lost a step or two, but he still keeps elephants out of the pasture. There are some skeptics who believe dogs don't really have much to do with the absence of elephants. 
But skepticism aside, there's an abundance of evidence that dogs prevent elephants. After all, most farms have dogs and pretty close to zero farms have elephants. Which is the logic uh, governments use for evidence-based policy? That keen reasoning has been on full display during the great COVID panic. Think back to early January when the public health authorities unveiled the latest scary COVID modeling. Every one of those models featured a hockey stick graph taking COVID cases from historic highs to a viral to the viral strat- stratosphere. In Ontario, the medium level infection by mid-February was targeted at 20,000 cases a day. The public health response was pulled from the 1918 Spanish flu playbook, wash your hands and stay home. Despite all of the advances in science and technology, public health pandemic advice hasn't changed much over the last hundred years. Canada-wide, the rate of infection started dropping dramatically in mid-January, pretty close to the day after the public health folks rolled out their scary models, and continued through February. Well, by gosh, obviously the lockdowns work. The public health dogs had repelled the virus elephants. But darned if there aren't a few skeptics who don't believe that the forced closures of some businesses, schools, and recreation areas, areas think Ontario ski hills, caused the reduce, uh, reduction in infections. Some stubborn fact fueled, some stubborn facts fuel those skeptics. The crash in the rate of infections happened just about everywhere, even in jurisdictions that didn't close businesses and schools. At the rate of decline was about the same, regardless of the intensity of public health initiatives. Undaunted by these anomalies, the public health authorities have marched on. The damn elephants are coming. They are, <laughs> they're just a little late. Our own Dr. Teresa Tam, Tranny Tam, pulled out yet another set of projections showing infection rates blasting off as new COVID variants roared through the country. Toronto's, Toronto's Dr. Eileen Davila said of the, fo- of the falling infection rates, I have never been more concerned. By gosh, they are sticking to evidence-based strategy even when the evidence and the strategy are in different galaxies. Fact-based decision-making isn't easy. Based on last week's media releases, it would appear that Tam and Davila are now cheering the virus on. That's not a great look. But it's not surprising. Facts are funny things. It seems that even scientists tend to ignore facts that don't fit with preconceived notions. You don't say. And facts are scarce when you are making stuff up. (laughs) The Toronto Sun is awesome. (laughs) Which pretty much sums up the public health fear-based response to this pandemic. See testing, contact tracing, masks, vaccines, international travel, and all those models. Tranny Tam and company have no clue why the rate of infection went down and they won't know why it starts to rise again. Based on the last 11 11 months, Tranny Tam and Davila and their fellow travelers would be well advised to get out of the modeling business. It's not going so well. And Canadians would probably be wise to take anything public health folks say with a large grain of salt two grains when it comes to vaccine vaccination projection oh i love the toronto sun they are straight up reporting properly and they're mocking people that are completely you know do you remember back in the day when we used to look at the weatherman and and the weatherman would get the the weather completely wrong like completely wrong they would tell you oh it's going to be sunny and 20 degrees outside today and you're actually looking out your window and it's pouring fucking rain and it's uh, about five degrees. And you and I remember thinking every time I would see that, how do you, uh, you know, when I come back in my next life, I'm going to come back as a weatherman because how can you suck so bad at your job and still have a job? And we never, ever, ever thought that there would be people that would come along that sucked worse than weathermen. Ho, oh, lo and behold, Canadian public health. <laughs> Look at these idiots. How bad. They have screwed up uh, this whole pandemic. Now, let's get into another avenue where they are completely screwing this up beyond all recognition. And to do that, we are going to turn it over to Todd from Rise Up News and let him tell you uh, exactly why the COVID death numbers are BS. Hello everybody, this is Todd and welcome, welcome to Rise Up News. Thank you so much for joining me today. Now, I want to talk about how the COVID death data is collected and I also want to talk about how the numbers are inflated. 
I also wanted to just to discuss uh, the overreaction and the data that proves that all the government measures as far as masks, social distancing, vaccinations are not warranted whatsoever. Now, in order to do this, I'm going to cover a series of subjects such as death certificates, how death certificates are filled out in Canada. Very interesting, actually, how those are done. I want to talk about the current death data in Canada for the last few years on certain subjects like cancer, suicide, flu, and whatnot. Then I also want to show you government's own admission about the testing and about how the numbers are fudged and, and whatnot. So first and foremost, let's talk about death certificates. Now, when there is a death in Canada, the attending physician, in some cases a nurse practitioner or a coroner, completes an official form indicating the cause of death. He or she gives the death certificate to the funeral director with the body um, of the deceased or sends it to the funeral director um, once the body is collected. And that is just something you can go check out. Now, deaths are recorded in Paris registries or in civil registration. Records can be searched using the collection search database. Death certificates vary from province to province, but if you want one, they're going to cost you about $27, about 27 bucks. And anybody can go that's a public registry and get a death certificate on pretty well anybody. Now, interestingly enough, when death certificates are filled out, there's three main categories that the coroner, the physician, or in some cases, the nurse practitioner has to fill out. Number one is the immediate cause of death. What was it that killed that person immediately? Secondly, they have to have the antecedent causes of death or the underlying pre-existing conditions that helped the immediate cause as well as, number three, other significant conditions. Now let me give you an example of immediate cause of death. Let's say, hypothetically, you're a 95-year-old person. You have cancer, you have diabetes, and you've had two heart attacks over the course of your life. All of a sudden, you get pneumonia, and you die from pneumonia. Underneath the immediate causes of death, the physician, nurse, practitioner, or coroner has to put down that you were killed by pneumonia. But under the second subheading, you put cancer, diabetes, and this person has had two heart attacks over the course of their life. So under the immediate causes, yes, this person died from pneumonia, but no, they didn't die from pneumonia. They died because they had cancer and diabetes and their immune system was compromised to the point that they were unable to fight off the virus of pneumonia. So did they die from pneumonia? Technically, sort of, yeah. But truthfully, it wasn't the pneumonia that killed them. It was the fact that they were unable to fight off the pneumonia once they got it. Now, I'll give you a personal story of mine. When I was six years old, I was diagnosed with osteogenic sarcoma, a form of bone cancer in my right knee. And I was in the hospital for sick children in Toronto for quite some time. Wonderful, wonderful uh, hospital, wonderful doctors, wonderful nurses there. Just absolutely amazing. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be here today. Now, because I was undergoing chemotherapy, because I had cancer, my immune system was shit which meant that if I got a cold, pneumonia, the flu, sat on a rusty nail, my parents had to rush me back to the hospital immediately to get me seen by a doctor and get me on antibiotics because I could die from pneumonia because I had cancer and I was on chemotherapy and my immune system was compromised. You see where I'm going with this? So when the government comes out and says, oh, we've had 20,000 people die of COVID-19, yes, but according to your own death certificates, that is the immediate cause of death, according to your own statistics. But it was the cancer, the diabetes, the whatever underlying condition that was there that actually killed the person. Keep in mind, if you are a 95-year-old person, you have cancer, you have diabetes, and you've had two heart attacks in your life, a slip and fall on the ice with a broken hip is just as deadly as you catching COVID, pneumonia, or even the shingles. And now I want to take a quick second to look at death statistics in Canada for the last 
three or four years. Now the first thing I want to talk about right here is cancer. Now in 2020, cancer alone in Canada killed 83,300 people. 83,000. You think the government would be doing something about cancer? Also, in 2018, cardiovascular disease killed roughly 53,000 people. In 2018, the flu, the common flu, killed 8,511 people. Wow. And did they die of the flu? No. They died because they had a compromised immune system and then they got the flu. But underneath immediate causes on death certificates, they have to put the flu. Did they die from the flu? No. They died because they weren't able to fight the flu off because their system of immunization, their immune system was compromised. In 2017, accidental deaths, accidental deaths can be anything from car accidents to somebody falling off a ladder, somebody falling in a hole, somebody stepping on a rake and the handle comes up and hits them between the eyes. Accidental deaths made up over 13,894 deaths in Canada accidentally. Now, suicide. Interestingly enough, in 2018, suicide killed 3,811 people. And you want to hear something even more interesting? I could not find any suicide data past the year of 2018. None whatsoever. Because suicides have gone through the roof in this past year with COVID-19 and with all the people who are depressed, using drugs and alcohol. People are killing themselves. In fact, I met a woman at our rallies who had photographs of her daughter. Her daughter was so severely depressed, she was cutting her arm with razor blades and she showed me the photographs. So depression is really taking its toll on people and it's leading to suicides. But believe it or not, I could not find any statistical data for the year of 2020 in regards to suicides. Let's get to COVID. Now, in 2020, according to the numbers I was able to research from Canada's own websites, COVID killed 21,420 people. And now, a quick word from your public health physician, Dr. Yaff. If you test somebody today, uh, you only know if they're infected today. And in fact, if you're testing in a population that doesn't have very much COVID, you'll get false positives almost half the time, false positives almost half the time. I'm sorry, Dr. Yaff, could you repeat that for me one more time? You'll get false positives almost half the time. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Could you repeat that for me over and over again one more time? You'll get false positives almost half the time. You'll get false positives almost half the time. You'll get false positives almost half the time. Did you hear what she just said? Your government openly, admittedly, admitted openly that 50% of all the test cases are false positive. 50%. Now, this is the government, so remember, that's probably a pretty conservative number. The number is probably quite a bit higher than that, if you want to believe it. So now let's do a little bit of simple math. Bang. Oops. That means of the 21,420 people that died from COVID, the number was actually more like 10,710. Conservative numbers, and that's if you believe those ones. So getting back to deaths in Canada, accidental deaths made up 13,894. Accidental deaths made up more than 3,000 deaths in the fiscal year than COVID. Cardiovascular disease, five times more deadly than COVID. Cancer, almost eight times higher than COVID. And you might know as well that they're not counting the flu this year. But wait a minute, what was the flu statistics for 2018? Boom, 8,511. Wow, is that starting to get the gears in your head turning a little bit? I sure hope so. Obviously, the government wants to fudge the data, but why? Why, oh why, would the government want to fudge this data? Could it be because the people that are in power have gotten a taste of absolute power, and they kind of like it? 
they don't want to give it up and they see people out in Canada every day walking around wearing a mask, social distancing, acting absolutely insane, allowing big corporations to operate while small companies can go under and then turn and beg the government for help, the same government who caused this problem. Let me also remind you that during this pandemic, at the very beginning of and for quite some time afterwards, your government did not stop international flights mainly the ones coming in from China. So you think your government loves you while they're taxing tobacco and allowing Chinese people to fly into our country and land in Pearson Airport at the height of the pandemic? <laughs> I've got oceanfront property in Saskatchewan I wanna sell you if you believe that one. So I know what you're saying. You're saying, Todd, where are you going with all this information? What I'm trying to do is I'm trying to get people to realize that the mass mandates, the social distancing, the people acting incredibly insane, the destroying of small business in our economy, as well as the eventual coming down the pipe vaccine passports is totally disproportionate to the actual numbers of people who have died from COVID-19. More people die every year from falling off ladders, from getting in car accidents, from not taking care of themselves and dying from heart attacks and cardiovascular diseases. There's many, many other things we need to be worried about in this planet other than COVID. But the government is using COVID as an excuse to take your rights. My name is Todd Noel. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Rise Up News. Please like, share, and subscribe to my videos. And as always, I appreciate you and I love you. Please do your own research. The only way we end this COVID-19 BS is when we all stand up and we all say no. Remember, we are all in this together. Thank you so much for watching. Take care. Brilliantly done, Todd. <clears throat> Couldn't have said any of that better myself. And I like, uh, I like the research that you did. Uh, just terrific reporting. Um, <clears throat> You know, I think when uh, I think when the the hammer falls and uh, people really start learning that the media has been complicit in all of this, and uh, <laughs> they're they're drug out into the streets and uh, you know hopefully arrested and tried for um, you know being complicit in uh, pushing a false narrative. Um, I'd love to see people like Todd um, get getting put at the helm of, of actual real reporting because that was a really good job, Todd. You may not have any interest in that whatsoever, but I'm just saying. Um, you, you did more in a 12-minute clip than I have seen in the last two years from the Canadian mainstream media. <clears throat> and as Todd said, um, the government's being involved <clears throat> in uh, in pushing this narrative and, and that it's it's all, realistically, when you get right down to it, all about control. Let, let's, let's dissect that a little bit more. Um, I've got a really good article by the Gateway Pundit, and uh, it it kind of deals with um, like we we have been fed BS from the start to finish of this entire pandemic, and so this this particular article t uh, tackles the start of it, and the title reads: "New evidence shows U.S. government and the American scientific establishment involved in cover-up of COVID-19's origin." This is by Joe Hoft. It was published March 1st, 2021. Interna international finance, financial interests and the global scientific establishment have never wanted the true source of COVID-19 virus to be revealed, despite the fact that its laboratory origin was suspected early after the onset of the pandemic. There is now evidence that elements within the U.S. government coordinated, coordinated with select members of the U.S. scientific community, no doubt with blessings of the international business and media, to protect China from responsibility and in doing so protect their own interests. By January 13, 2020, there were already comments on the, on the internet that, COVID that the COVID-19 virus was manufactured in a laboratory in China and, the, and that U.S. scientists may have helped Chinese scientists obtained the knowledge to do so, specifically in the laboratory of Dr. Zhang Li Shi at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, with assistance from Dr. Ralph Barrick at the University of North Carolina. On January 26, 2020, respected investigative reporter and defense expert Bill Gertz in his Washington Times article wrote, 
The deadly animal-borne coronavirus spreading globally may have originated in a laboratory in the city of Wuhan linked to China's covert biological weapons program. On February 3rd, 2020, Kelvin Drogemeyer, a product of the Republican establishment and, the, and then director of the White House, House's Office of Science and Technology Policy, wrote a letter to Dr. Mar- uh, Marcia McNutt, president of the National Academy of Sciences, Sciences asking the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering and Medicine to rapidly examine information and identify data requirements that would help determine the origins of 2019 NCOV2 specifically from an evolutionary structural biology standpoint. Oddly, his concern was uh, precipitated by an obscure, non-peer-reviewed and already retracted Indian study. Uncanny similarity of the unique inserts of the 2019 NCOV2 spike protein to HIV-1, GP120, and HAG. In retrospect, that article appears to have been a scientific straw man, suggesting that other governments' motives were involved. But what they were remains unclear. Nevertheless, based on scientists enlisted to formulate a response to OSTP's request, the outcome of Drogemeyer's inquiry was preordained, that is, the complete absolute of China's responsibility. The complete absolution of China's responsibility. Those scientists were Kristen G. Anderson, Scripps Research Institute, Ralph Barrick, UNC School, School of Public Health, Trevor Bedford, Fred Hutchinson Cancer Institute, Arvinda Shakavarti, New York University School of Medicine, Peter Daszak, Eco Health Alliance, Gigi Gronval, John Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health, Tom Inglesby, John Hopkins Center for Health Security, and Stanley Perlman, University of Iowa. By citing a scientific article from the Wuhan Institute of Virology stating the disease outbreak started from a local seafood market, the National Academy of Sciences letter to OSTP unequivocally supported the, con- uh, the contention made by China's Communist Party government that the COVID-19 pandemic was, naturally, was a naturally occurring transmission from animals to humans. Additionally, the three presidents of the National Academy of Sciences, Sciences, Engineering and Medicine recommended that the United States continue to work closely with China, in particular the Chinese Academy of Sciences and the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Most of the scientists consulted for the National Academy of Science response had long histories of collaboration with China and or were later associated with robust support of China and the theory that COVID-19 originated as a naturally occurring event. In some important uh, respects, the final National Academy of Sciences response dated February 6, 2020 bears little resemblance to the original draft dated February 4, 2020. According to the email exchanges between the National Academy of Science and the uh, consultant scientists, there appeared to be a clear effort by the scientists to support the naturally occurring theory and to eliminate or downplay any mention that the COVID-19 virus was engineered, had a unique human binding characteristics, might mutate mutate towards higher infectivity, and possessed a furon polybasic cleavage site not found in any related coronavirus. Subsequently, scientists consulted for National Academy of Sciences uh, response began their own public relations campaign to support China and the theory that the COVID-19 virus was a natural transmission from animals to humans. On March 7, 2020, Peter Daszak and Stanley Perlman were authors on an article in the British uh, Medical Journal, The Lancet, which stated, we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. On March 17, 2020, Christian G. Anderson appears as a senior author on the article The Proximal Origin of SARS-CoV-2, which claimed that the COVID-19 virus was not a purposefully manipulated virus. On September 21, 2020, G.G.K. Gronville was part of a John Hopkins University team that wrote a criticism of Chinese whistleblower Dr. Li Meng Yang, who we covered on this show. You guys remember that uh, we, we listened to her interview, I believe, with Tucker Carlson. 
who presented evidence that the COVID-19 virus was created in a laboratory. Uh, she was very convincing, and she said she has, she has proof. Uh, I do believe she's probably still being quite protected. It is also well known that Ralph Barrick has been a longtime collaborator with uh, Zhang Li Shi, the Batwoman from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, including conducting experiments involving highly dangerous gain-of-function research. As recently described by Neil Patel in the Daily Signal, Peter Daszak, Daszak, the sole U.S. representative on the World Health Organization team investigating the origin of, co of the COVID-19 virus, is also a close associate of Zheng Li Shi and was a key figure in directing American taxpayer funds to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Dazak even organized a public relations campaign to paint the lab leak hypothesis as a conspiracy before any thorough investigation had been conducted. His spokesperson later said the goal was to protect the lab, lab scientists, but ultimately and perhaps intentionally, the beneficiaries were China, international finance interests, and the global scientific establishment. So... Like in so many other avenues, when you start looking into stuff, you start seeing the same names over and over and over and over. And uh, that's exactly what we're seeing here. Uh, the same names uh, of people that uh, seem to be involved in everything that had had something to do with uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology before and now afterwards are, are attempting to uh, cover up and protect it. You know, realistically, we've seen we've seen and heard all of you and myself included have seen and heard enough uh, testimony from heavily qualified people um, that we know that this thing was manipulated. We know damn well it was manipulated. Um, the gain of function actually happened in North Carolina. They did bring it up in this article, and then uh, and then it was sent over to Wuhan for the final touches, and then they let it go. That's exactly what happened. If you want my honest opinion. So it's, it's from start to finish, this whole pandemic is it, it, you, all you have to ha all you have to be able to do is sit back and have a little bit of skepticism and you can pick this entire story apart. Just an average person can do that. So, and I know all of you listening have that ability. So it's just, it's just interesting, you know, to see, um, articles now coming out on stuff that we, uh, we have all already or all, all had kind of a hunch of, right? Okay, I'd like to turn our attention over to like our ongoing coverage of uh, the deaths and everything else that we're seeing with this vaccine immediately. But one thing we're not talking about um, yet is the long-term effects uh, of, of this vaccine. Like what is the actual goal? Um, you know, as, as you guys know, they haven't even isolated the SARS-CoV-2 virus. Like, there's no evidence in any country around the world that they've isolated the virus, yet they've got a vaccine. Heavy air quotes, vaccine. Let's, let's, uh, let's uh, call it what it really is, an experimental biological agent um, that supposedly is for COVID-19. But we, we are all paying attention to this quite closely, and we know that that is anything but what this actually is. So what, are, what is the goal behind this? And... Um, <clears throat> In order to uh, to think long term, what what is it that they're trying to do? What is the what is one of the globalist's main objectives? And that is depopulization of the planet. Uh, this all ties back to even the Georgia Guidestones, where they want the planet to have 500 million people. So we're talking about six and a half billion people that they want to get rid of. And so, how would they do something like that? And uh, the title of this article reads, Big Pharma Whistleblower, 97% of coronavirus, Corona vaccine recipients will become infertile. Now, this is, there's a, a video that accompanies this article, and I think we, what we'll do is we'll listen to the video. Uh, it's the David Knight Show, and where they talk all about this, and then we will comment after, my friends. I want to talk now in this last segment. We're going to hurry this through because it's about 8 minutes and 45 seconds. Uh, this is an individual out of the U.K. who's done some investigation. He says he's got a whistleblower from GlaxoSmithKline who has looked at the vaccines that are being rushed out. And uh, everybody is rushing these vaccines. They're skipping, human, they're skipping animal testing. They want human volunteers that they're going to inject people with. Think about that. We're going to inject this into people without proper testing, even though this is supposedly 
so dangerous that we have shut down the global economy? Just another one of these uh, double-think things that you've got to wrap around your head. But I want you to hear uh, what he has to say. I'll tell you who he is uh, when we finish with this uh, clip, but we're running out of time. Let's go ahead and roll uh, number six. This is a, supposedly, a, and, and again, uh, this is, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this uh, later. This is a whistleblower for a major drug company uh, that has told him uh, about some very troubling things that they found in some of these vaccines. Let's roll that clip, video clip six. Hello, everybody. Um, I'm here today to give you some more information um, about uh, who's involved in the vaccine trials and the production of the vaccine and some information from an alleged um, GSK insider who um, uh, believes that uh, certain antigens are going to appear in the vaccine that are going to be harmful to uh, people. And we'll get into that. But first, I just want to kind of look at who is running the vaccine trial. Um, and Dr. Andrew Preston spoke on television the other night. Um, and he's from the Department of Biology and Biochemistry at the Milner Center for Evolution at Bath University. And uh, just looking at the connections between um, people and Bill Gates, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, uh, we found out that he had been given a £28 million grant from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The people that he worked with, and I'll just quickly run through this, um, so his collaborators, uh, and this is all on his uh, page at Bath uh, University, uh, is Dr. Eric Harville from Penn State University. He got a £10 million grant from uh, Bill and Melinda. Um, Dr. Ernest from the University of Baltimore in Maryland, um, they're a massive uh, university, and uh, so the people that he worked with, works with there uh, got £7 million. 2.9 of that came from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. The rest came from the National Institute for, of Allergy and Infectious Diseases in America, which is run by Anthony Fucci, who is the Chris Whitty of America. Um, uh, there's also a Dr. Caroline uh, Cole. Uh, she got 14.5 million. He works with her. Um, then you've got people who are continually funded. Uh, Dr. Philippe Dahotti and Philippe Goffin. They regularly receive support uh, from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So. That's who he works with, um, uh, both here in the UK and in America, uh, Dr. Andrew Preston, and he also works with GSK Biologicals. Um, uh, and they produce, uh, basically, they've got the biggest uh, vaccine production factory in the world, in Wavre, in Belgium. And it's, uh, they produce 2 million doses of over 30 vaccines every single day. Okay. So that's Dr. Andrew Preston. He has clearly got links, uh, major links, with Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And we've discussed how they've infiltrated the uh, vaccine network. Uh, now we're talking about how they're in interfering and trying to manipulate the um, human trials and uh, delivering these vaccines. So our insider um, has sent us information, essentially, um, uh, claims that the vaccine has already been made and it contains various antigens and, uh, and a concoction of chemicals, basically, uh, some of which he has um, uh, delivered to us. So this is what's going to be in there, um, uh, we believe. Um, so this is not necessarily, I mean, we, we're one foot in this and one foot out, um, but I'm gonna go through this, I'm gonna present it um, as though uh, um, it's the truth, because I believe it is. So, um, there's going to be an anti-HCG antigen. Now, um, this is uh, HCG uh, is something for um, causes sterility um, in women. And it is also combined um, with um, HCG and OLH and 37 amino acid carboxy terminal peptides uh, known as CTP, are also in there. The principle of anti-HCG vaccine is to introduce antibodies which combine to HCG and render it biologically inactive. Um, out of the 63 women they tested uh, with this HCG, 61 of them became infertile. So out of 63 women they tested, GSK tested with this antigen, uh, this concoction of chemicals, 
61 became infertile. And they believe that's what's in the vaccine. Um, there's also, so that's the female one. The male, um, uh, what's going to appear, appear in the male vaccines, we believe, is called GNRH, and it results in decreased testicular size. So your, your testicles are going to shrink. Um, a drop of testosterone levels and marked atrophy of the prostate. This is a sperm-specific mitochondrial antigen. Um, and so what that does is this uh, uh, chemical attacks the sperm, kills its mitochondrial DNA. So it has nothing to deliver. So it will still be alive, it will still be swimming around, but when it goes to the egg, it will have nothing to, to deliver into that. Its mitochondrial DNA will be damaged. Uh, it will be dead. Um, so, um, in, uh, and they tested this on baboons. Um, so uh, it's a specific uh, sperm-specific mitochondrial antigen produced an antibody response in baboons and reduced fertility in the females. So that basically means that when these male baboons had sex with female um, baboons, simply by delivering their sperm into them, um, they made the females infertile. So if this also is in there, in these vaccines, then um, men who have sex with unvaccinated women will make them infertile and everyone else will be infertile, will become infertile. Now, apparently, this isn't going to be seen in the population for seven to ten years. Then there will be an explosion of infertility. And what will happen, uh, as I've been told, is that people will die and people will continue dying, but no one is going to be reborn, thus reducing the population of the United Kingdom massively. Oh, pretty much within a few years um, and if this is if this is their intention around the rest of the world um, then you're looking at a global uh, population reduction just with these um, anti-fertility uh, ingredients uh, which they believe is going to appear in the vaccine so how do we check this well um, what I've decided to do is contact independent laboratories we are going to pay for uh, random testing of the vaccines to see it, uh, what appears in there. Um, there's also going to be a, cl uh, there's a, a cluster of cancer chemical agents in there as well, which will cause cancers, apparently. And I'm going to get more details about those later. Um, uh, so we're going to test independently the, uh, the vaccine to see what's in it, to see um, uh, if it's safe for people to use uh, on the surface. And I think we're going to set up a board of uh, scientists who were not connected to the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation um, uh, or GSK. Uh, we know they're out there because we've been contacted by them. So uh, we're going to start doing that. And what we need for you to do is to support us in that endeavour. So um, uh, if you go to www.govote.org.uk and sign up, it is a, it, the Go Vote uh, system is part of the Go Vote Party, which is under review at the moment with the uh, the Electoral Commission because we're trying to register it as a political party. If you go there, if you sign up, then we'll have your support, and we can then go ahead um, and uh, uh, start putting pressure on the government because it's only people that can do this. So whether you want the vaccine or you don't want the vaccine, it doesn't matter because we're going to independently test it, and then those results then will tell us whether these chemicals are in there or not. Otherwise, we're looking at a massive um, uh, population reduction scheme, which is what Bill Gates has been going on about for years that no one really believed. They just thought, oh, well, he's just uh, talking nonsense, really. You know, and, and rich people tend, tend to have these ideas and stuff and trying to make the world in their own image and, and all that kind of stuff. We didn't actually think he was being truthful. Now it appears that we actually have evidence to suggest this is actually what's going into the vaccine. So they need to be tested independently. We will pay for that. We'll have a number of different uh, scientists all looking at this. Um, so just support us. Just come onto the site, www.govote.org.uk and sign up. Uh, we need about three million people. And then after that, we will be able to then put pressure on the government um, because that's how it works. You know, the more people you get, the more pressure um, you can apply. And we will hopefully get access to not only the human trials, because we need to test those as well immediately, because the human trials start today, uh, but also uh, the vaccine as well. And constantly throughout the vaccine delivery, we will be taking random samples. And I think that is the best solution. If anyone's got any better ideas, please get in touch. 
Um, but for now, that's it. And I will uh, come back with another video, which is going to be talking about our um, rights, uh, about mandatory vaccines. What are your rights? And I think you'll find that very interesting as well. So thanks for watching. So <clears throat> there you have it. Um, we kind of always had a hunch that there was more to this, uh, that they weren't just attempting to kill people off immediately. But uh, some of the key highlights there, um, <clears throat> uh, anti-HCG antigen, this causes sterility in women. Uh, this antigen is also combined with OLH and 37 amino acid uh, carboxy terminal pepti peptides known as CTP. The principle of this anti-HCG antigen is to produce antibodies which combine with HCG to render it inactive. And now you guys heard him say this, but it's worth repeating. Out of 63 women tested by G, uh, uh, GSK with the antigen HCG, with the anti-HCG antigen, 61 became infertile. That is staggering. And this is in these vaccines, my friends. And let's, let's also repeat what he told us about uh, the male vaccine. Uh, Male vaccines use the anti-GnRH antigen, which reduces t testicular size. It also lowers testosterone levels, and there is marked atrophy of the prostate. It is a sperm-specific mitochondrial agent. When the effective inf affected sperm reaches the female egg, there is simply nothing to deliver because of, because of mitochondrial DNA damage. Um, repeating what he said there, it was tested on baboons, and there was reduced fertility in the females. Men vaccinated with this can thus make females non-vaccinated infertile. This, this type of vaccine goes ahead. If this type of vaccine goes ahead, the steri uh, sterility phenomenon wouldn't be noticed for the in the population for around 7 to 10 years. The population would, however, be reduced significantly within a few years. There will also be global population reduction according to the scale of distribution of the vaccine. This is, uh, this is the long-term goal. And, and, you know, like he said, they're, they're, going, to test the, they're going to test the vaccine. Um, and I'll repeat that uh, website for you guys so you guys can go check this out on your own. But it's www.govote.org.uk. And what I'll do is I'll find that website and I'll put it up on the Telegram page for you guys so you can go there and, and uh, sign up for it. I know I'm going to. So you can get the updates of, of the... Uh, uh, when they start really dissecting these vaccines and they start telling you exactly what's in them, which I wouldn't be surprised at all um, to see that this is actually the case, that this is this is what this is. So that so that tells you that they're actually um, separating men and women. This isn't the same vaccine given to men and women uh, because both have uh, agents in them which cause infertility. Uh, the anti-HCG uh, antigen in women and the anti-GnRH antigen in men. So, <clears throat> there you have it. Um, kind of, kind of scary, um, but a surprise? No, not even a surprise. Um, <clears throat> it's hard not to sit on the fence with this because you know the people, the people that are rushing to get these vaccines are the people that. Uh, I've said on numerous times that we need to, we need a purge. The only thing that globalists got right is we need a purge. So, but the fact that you're taking people's choice away is not right. And who are you to come in and play God, and and, uh, and just decide for people that they can't reproduce? That's not up to you. And that goes back to the you know the absolute arrogance of these people, these globalists that think that they hold dominion over this planet to make choices like this. These people need to be lined up in front of a firing squad and gut shot. That is my honest opinion. And you'd be shocked at who would be lined up. <laughs> all your big faces in politics globally would would be, and all the way down to provincial levels. You know, when you think, and maybe they were wittingly or unwittingly involved in, in, in uh, pushing this out, but it doesn't matter. You should have done the fucking research then. If you're, if you're a public official 
pushing this vaccine on your population. And if this truth gets out that it's actually causing infertility among killing people and causing like life altering defects among, remember in the last show, we just went through what, 25,000 adverse effects from this, from the VAERS report. And you've got politicians, you you know, in my province, it's Scott Moe. That's uh that's pushing this upon his people, not to mention the the local media where I am is pushing it too. All of these people need to be held accountable. Because if you and and I was just doing my job, well, how did that hold up in the Nuremberg trials? How did that go for the fucking Nazis? These people are complicit, and we should have no mercy for them when this truth gets out. Okay, well, I had another really, really, really long article that I wanted to cover, um, but I guess we'll have to do that in another show. Um, so, uh, you know, we're, we're getting to the better part of an hour, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll shut this one down, my friends. Um, if you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Facebook at Canadian Patriot Radio. Use the message, message button. It comes directly to me. Uh, if you prefer email, it's CanadianPatriotRadio at gmail.com. And if you're on Telegram, find the Canadian Patriot Radio page. Uh, I will give you the address here right now. It's t.me backslash Canadian Patriot Radio. Just enter that into Telegram and you'll find the page. And uh, yeah, um, that's where all the really cool stuff is being shared uh, by not only me, but uh, other contributors as well. So I I recommend uh, giving it it a a go, friends, because... uh, it's, it's an ongoing conversation that I haven't actually added anything to today, which I'm going to do after this show. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll probably throw all the articles that we covered in here, uh, into the telegram page. And so you guys can all, uh, you can see exactly, you know, the research that I've been doing, uh, not to mention, um, some of these articles came by way of chef. That's almost a given at this point. Uh, so thank you chef for your uh, contributions to this episode. And for the rest of you, thank you for uh, tuning in again. And uh, thank you to all of you guys that are reaching out and liking uh, the show on SoundCloud and in other areas. Um, it, it really uh, it helps a lot um, by liking the show and also by sharing it. Uh, the more you like, the only way this show gets around is by you guys uh, sharing it and uh, on all your social media platforms and making sure other people have access to it because it is. Even though we are back up on all the major. Um, the major uh, distributors uh, like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and and that so on and so forth. I did have to change the name, uh, so it's just CPR. Like if you're a Spotify person and you want to share it, that'd be the best way. But or you can also just tell people to just search CPR, and it should come up. So it's a little bit trickier to find. And uh, after the initial censorship that we went through, we haven't quite got our numbers back to where they were, but we are slowly getting more and more more people are finding us. So. Like I said, uh, it's all thanks to you guys. So keep doing what you're doing. And uh, if you like the show, make sure you share it. So with that being said, until next time, my friends, with all thy sons, command. joining us for another episode of Canadian Patriot Radio. CPR is not filmed before a live studio audience. If you like the show, friends, make sure you give us a thumbs up and share us on all your social media platforms. Until next time, take care.
Thank you.